What episode is this? Seven. Seven, yeah. Episode seven. I'm taking this hat off because my headphones are not on the right way and we will not be able to record the right way. Why are you looking at me like that, Aiden? <laughs> All right, so special guest today is my ego. Is Sam... <laughs> is Sam Marzula. So, Sam's my best friend. Yes, sir. And uh, also is in the financial services industry because I can't find any other guests that want to get on my <laughs> podcast. <laughs> so, to the one listener, Sam, Sam's dad, <laughs> Sam's mom. My. Maybe somebody from here, Aiden, who's going to edit it. You seven people, I hope you enjoy this. So, we're going to go ahead and get started as soon as I take this shit off. Let's start with where were you born, young man? Where was I born? So, I was born in uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Yeah. And I grew up in Wexford, Pennsylvania. Dude, you grew up there. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That's dope. So, grew up in Pittsburgh. And uh, you got a unique story. So you grew up in Pittsburgh, grew up in Wexford, obviously, for anybody that, that knows what we're talking about. You can search and check it out. Um, early early memories from growing up. What was that like growing up? In Wexford? Just in general. Just growing up. Early memories. Cool things. Unique things. Things that stick out to you. <clears throat> First thing that comes to mind when I think about early memories is, as a kid, I always felt like I had to be doing something. I was always into something. I always wanted to go somewhere. I couldn't sit still. Yeah. You know, so I remember, like, being a little kid, whether it was, you know, playing out in the dirt or <laughs> running around in the woods. Nothing or, better than the dirt. That's right. <laughs> the dirt. <laughs> it's all I had growing up. <laughs> you rich bitch. <laughs> but, yeah, no, it was no, it was cool. Like, it was... Uh, did you guys move at all? When was your, your, your dad's career? He was very successful. So yeah. when did that take off? Were you did, when did it, Was he already pretty successful when you were born? So I grew up... I grew up in the same house uh, um, my entire life, so we never like moved or He's anything definitely like lived below his means. For sure. Yeah. Like, way below his means. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, my, my father was in sales. I remember it for him, it really... I remember it really taking off in my early teens for him. Like, <laughs> like I just I, I just remember, like... Was that that time where he came up to you with that check? I was like, look what I did. That's, that's when I kind of got access to or the understanding of what, what could be made in sales. You yeah. know, what, what the potential was. Yep. Um, you know, and, and, I mean, my dad, I mean, he's my best friend. Yep. I, you know, I spent a lot of time with him. So I was able to see kind of like that day-to-day life on, you know, what he would do. And and he would kind of like bring me in on everything. You know, I would sit there, listen to his con call, you know, his conference calls. You I said would... con calls. What is that? <laughs> conference calls. <laughs> he conference was like, my dad. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, but yeah, so I got... Growing up, I got to see that, and you know, to high school, like I, I feel like it was, you know, pretty normal life. How baseball up. go? Well, <laughs> why are you asking about baseball? 
Because yeah. I played baseball. And yeah. Baseball. I mean, it, was yeah. Like a, it was like an extra thing. Yep. So, Did your mom take you out? To play baseball? Didn't she pull you out of the field? Tell you no more baseball? I stopped, I probably stopped <laughs> playing baseball. I don't know. It was a couple years. I did like a bunch of stuff. I did like Taekwondo and yeah. stuff I would do for like three months and then. Yeah. Do you, uh, do you got the lighter? Yeah. <laughs> Where's your cigar? It's down below. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to have to find a way to reach. Um, you start, you worked on a farm though at a young age. Where the heck did you find this? <laughs> Where's <laughs> Ship it to China. When are we going to get Alex Jones on this podcast or Tim Dillon? Can we DM them? Where can we find them? Got to get them on there. I'll leave it I I will I will uh I will pay you Alex Jones to get on this podcast. <laughs> that uh so you brought up that farm, dude. I'm going to grab my cigar. Yeah. <laughs> that was my first job. So I was 14. And there's a loop in the agricultural industry where I forget what the minimum age is in Pennsylvania. Someone can start legally working, like be on payroll. I think it was like 15 or, or 16, but I was 14 at the time. And I don't even know how I came across me wanting to work on this farm. Yeah. But I did for like... It's for sure. It's like 16 or something. Yeah. But I was I was fourteen when I did it. But it was like it was a seasonal job. And it was a chicken farm. It was just like a regular farm. Like, well, it wasn't. It was a farm, and it uh, they had like a a market there, and so I just kind of did like a bunch of work. Or I kind of did everything, you know. I like worked in the market and like stock shelves and did random tasks. But that was my first job. Um, like I said, I was 14 and I probably worked there like, probably like six or seven months. And then my second job, I think I had turned, I was like 15, started working at a bakery and I worked there for two years. I was hired as a dishwasher and I definitely, uh, worked past the legal amount that a child can can work. I'd, I'd get into work after, right after. School. Dude, why'd you work so hard? Why did I work so hard? Yeah, what the hell? Did you, you've all, you've always been a hard worker, and your work kind of corresponds with your heart. When your heart's in a place, there's nothing that stops you. That's what makes you unique. But like, so when the when did this start? And then how do you have been from your dad? Because everything's a reflection of leadership. Everything kind of rises and falls on leadership. So like, I I mean I don't know. I mean I think obviously seeing my father and his work ethic um in in growing up around that i think i definitely it was just being around that you know that instilled that in me um and plus i i don't know i feel like i've always been kind of just naturally you've just been a worker yeah you knew you wanted to be rich or wealthy yeah taking care of you like nice things mm -hmm. love traveling that's your number one thing yeah traveling for sure, for sure. yeah we're gonna get into that because I mean, we, we're gonna spend a good thirty minutes on like the places you've been, the experiences with that. Yeah. But uh, my favorite story you told me, dude, was you know as we as we met, you know, early in my career, probably one of your first legitimate jobs as well. Uh, is you tell me all the money you'd saved up forty grand or something, and you you would or you'd put some a certain amount of money on like your fan, 
as a kid. You turn you turn a fan I on. I don't know why, and it's I don't. That's funny that you remember that. Yeah. So I mean, as a as a kid, like I I just worked a lot. I don't know. I felt like there wasn't really much to do. Like nothing. You know, I liked making money, so. I would just save my money, and as a 15, 16-year-old, at least for me, I didn't know what to spend it on, or I didn't really have a desire to spend it on anything. So right, you had to be the richest dude, like, when it came to, like, your own funds. Yeah, I... Because by the time you came came to work with us, you had, like, 40, 50 grand. Yeah, I... What I would do... So, like, when I was working at that farm, and I was when I was working at the bakery, I would just cash my paychecks. I don't know why. I would just cash them, and I would have, yeah. like, a stack of cash in this little safe in my basement and i would i loved holding money yeah i don't know what it was but i loved Arr! yeah me treasure yeah just hold, holding money and uh Arr! you brought up about how we put it on the fan this one time because like i would just I, on some of the days that i wasn't working i would just sit upstairs and just hold this big stack of cash and just watch tv with it and uh this we had a we have a ceiling fan in our in the TV room, and I don't know why, but I took the cash and I put it like a little, like broke it up into little stacks, and I put it on top of this ceiling fan. And I did this multiple times. I don't know. I was probably like fourteen, fifteen, and I uh, would turn the fan on, and it would just rain money in this in like our living room. <laughs> in your living do, room? Yeah, I would do that at like. That was in your room. Wait, no. you were four? No, like f- in, at like four in the afternoon. Oh, like okay. when I got back home. From yeah. School. Dude, what was your favorite food like growing up? Like mine was like peanut butter and jelly. Like coming home from elementary school, nothing beat like a PB and J. I mean, I know I feel you like guys had a lot stuff, of steak. Well, I, <laughs> it wasn't like I mean I had normal stuff steak. like like a grilled cheese and like a hot dog. Grilled like, cheese and steak. Hot yeah. dog steak like. Chicken nuggets. Chicken nuggets and steak. You know. I didn't really like start eating a lot of steak until I was probably like in my late teens and like now, but yeah. Um Could you guys would go out with the company card. <laughs> I mean you guys those were client car. those were client dinners. Hey, come on, client time. <laughs> A five wagon for you. Yeah, so it's Sandy <laughs> Lou. We, uh... Your mom loves Biden. Yeah. What? <laughs> no, she doesn't. <laughs> um, Cindy, I'm playing. It's time to vaccinate. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> but, uh... Yeah, I mean... We're outside and we're the vaccine team! <laughs> I would... Yeah, I would save up my money and then I would work and then uh, after the bakery, I worked there for a couple years and then what did I do after that? During the summer, I worked at a summer camp. That was crazy. I feel like every job. You that told I, me the bakery's job sucked so bad because the the manager there, if we're thinking about the same one, uh, yeah. on blast. But he's so sarcastic. Wait, who what? You said he was like very sarcastic. Like he was just very sarcastic. No, he wasn't sarcastic. He was like a dick. This, yeah, he was actually guy, a dick. Yeah, he was nuts. Like it was. You know, we talk about all this like leadership stuff and like how to. Worked together and all these things. Like I remember, I was standing there washing dishes, and I was fourteen or something, and uh, hit, and I said, "Yeah, like I, you know, I'm excited to work with you." And he's like, "Correction, you're not working with me. You're working for me." <laughs> I remember that. And I was just like, "What?" 
Like, that just, that doesn't, so. I'm going to start opening up all my meetings like that from now on. Take a look around this room. You know what you all have in common? You work for me. Not with me, for me. Yeah, I was like. Get up here and grab my boots. But, but, so working all these different jobs and working like I was, and I think this played a big part into who I am now because I, even though sometimes I don't seem mature, I feel like since I, because I'm I think the most mature people are the ones that can accept their immaturity and and just, that freedom. But, so through working at these jobs, I was always working with people who were older than me. Yes. People, I was 15 and I was working with people in the mid 20s, late 20s. Yeah. And I was around them all the time. So I was always around an older group of people. Yeah. Um, and I think that, that definitely, because people always say, you know, I, I, you seem older than what you really are to me. Yeah. They think I'm older. So, um, yeah. And like I was saying, you know, every job that I've worked ever since working on a farm, I feel like it's just gotten crazier and crazier. Yeah. Went from the bakery, then I worked at a summer camp. That that summer crazy. camp was crazy. That we was won't crazy. get into all of <laughs> that, but we're good, buddy. Yeah, no, we're good. And then after that, I worked at a nonprofit out in Los Angeles. Oh, uh, we could get into that. <laughs> I uh, do you want to shout them out? I don't know. Are they still? Yeah, doing well. Yeah, so yeah, first project. project. Yeah, so they, uh, I worked with them. Um, I was a contracted speaker for them for a year. So I actually, so I graduated high school in 2006. You met some cool people. Yeah, yeah. I met Is a that one beautiful girl you met? There's a lot of beautiful women that I've Just met. That one though, you, you know. The one that you know. Uh, I don't think I know. No, you know. Who? Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, so they, I was a contracted speaker for a nonprofit organization uh, in Los Angeles. And uh, I graduated high school in 2016. I went to community college uh, fall semester of 2016. And then all of 2017, I took a gap year and I worked for uh, this nonprofit as a contracted speaker. So myself and, and another person, uh, we drove around the country for a full year. And, with, you know speak at schools, colleges, high schools, stuff like that, and um, to raise money for building water projects in uh, developing countries. Yeah, that was sweet. That was so, really dope. And you grew, well, you, you obviously made a, you, you were a large role in growing the, the social media account from a couple hundred followers, if that, to, was it 70,000? It was, yeah, it was like, right, yeah, it was a little under 100,000. So, the, uh, the spring semester and the fall semester of 2017, those were, that was the time that myself and the other person, we were um, traveling around the country and we weren't flying, we were yeah. driving. We drove literally all the time. So that was a lot of traveling there. You and your dad yeah. did a lot of traveling also. Yeah. I think your, your senior year or something. Mm-hmm. You guys, that was dope. Yeah. What, so, and then you did a lot of traveling through that. What were some of the cool places in the midst of the traveling that you got to experience? Through Thirst Project? Really just through. through in general. Through those teenage years, not yeah. to us, because then you did more traveling with, with yeah. over the last four years. You've done some dope traveling too. So before, because when I really started to travel was when I started to work with that nonprofit with our okay. Project. So, but I mean, leading up to that, 
my still dad. cool states. Like yeah, those pla- those uh, places like out in like Utah. Mm-hmm. There's places out in Nevada. Like those cool like places. Yeah, that are like people don't usually like they're not out there. Yeah, you, you know, know, like kind of find them. But dope looking places though. Yeah, they. Uh, so before Thirst Project, um, my dad and I we took a couple road trips with our first road trip that him and I took and you know I mean he was in he like it's like we were talking about he was in sales so he kind of had the flexibility yeah you know to to kind of do that he was still working while we we went on these road trips yeah. but I think it was 2015 2014 or something um we uh drove around the country so we drove, we took three weeks and it was like the end of summer or whatever. And I, and at the time, I was I was real big into like photography and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You had and, a big photography account too. Mm-hmm. And that's before I found insurance. That's what I thought I was yeah. going to get into was like yeah. social media and all yeah. this. So we took three weeks. We drove around the country. Um, we basically made like a big circle around the United States. Um, following year, took off two and a half, three weeks. We drove all the way up the East Coast and up. Uh, Maine and then went into Canada and then Quebec yeah yeah we didn't we didn't spend much time in Quebec but we uh, we were up in Canada Uh, we went into like Nova Scotia Alberta yeah (laughs) do you know your parts again (laughs) because you're just naming (laughs) random that's not even on the I think that's I don't know shit about Canada but um yeah so we we traveled and then, um, like I said, 2017, I was, we, when I first started at that nonprofit, um, we spent a month kind of like training and, you know, going over like what we would, you know, speak about and all these things. Water and wells. Mm-hmm. And then we drove, drove around the country and, and I, we went to a bunch of different places met a lot of cool people through that. And then. Who was the, the coolest person? That I met, yeah. So with Thirst Project, um, I met DJ Khaled. Oh, I met uh, Alexis Wren. Um, who else? It's when I mean when you go out to LA, there's there are so many people that, especially Thirst Project, that they're connected. Well, Cali's basically done now as a state. Now, so it's good you got your time in there. I never got to visit before. Yeah, that's, that's sad that you didn't get to. <laughs> it's just a homeless communist state now. Um, LA is my favorite city. I, I love Still? It's filled with- Out of anywhere in the world that I've ever been in my entire life, Los Angeles is my favorite city. Have you ever seen like World War Z? It's been like a while. Um, you know what it's about? Do you, like, like aliens go to Los Angeles? Oh, it's zombies. World War Z. Right? Oh, because I'm thinking of uh, what's that War of War of the Worlds or something. Yeah, yeah. So they go to Los Angeles. That's basically yeah. That's basically what LA is now. It's just a zombie world out there. It's just a bunch of homies <laughs> They Los Angeles. It does have a big. And I'm not trying to offend anybody that has any homeless relatives and friends. You know what I mean? I grew up basically homeless myself, so. I'm just, I'm just saying, there's absolutely a problem out there in regard to the homeless situation. They're getting, it's getting better though. What do you mean it's getting better? I think it's getting better. You just hope it's getting better so you can travel there. I would go there anyway. 
Anyway, <laughs> last week I just talked to said he, he was there with his mom eating like a crab sandwich or something, and somebody pulled up right beside him, got out, and sat down and started smoking crack. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. It, it, it's a it's Los Angeles. It's like New York. Like it's oh, it's cool. Just sit here, drink some heroin. Any, I think anything can can happen in those major cities. But uh, what what was I talking about? So we were we drove around the country for the spoken schools and then the summer of 2017 uh i interned with thirst project uh with the social media manager and, and then i mean i was you know i was more fo more so focused on building social media and you know helping out with that and i would dm like influencers like youtubers and instagram influencers from the nonprofit account and i would set up these meetings with um you know, what would that DM look like? Hey, sorry about my water. Kind of like how how we can how we you know work together. Do. How can how can we partner together to you know help you out so you can help us us out? You would DM me for that water page, and I would have sent you a clip of Water Boy. Water sucks. It really sucks. <laughs> yeah, no, I did. I did a lot of a lot of DMing celebrities and influencers and. It was cool. So I mean, you, were already, you were already used to like the selling and cold calling in a sense, like cold reaching out in a sense. Yeah, I mean, I would say that I kind of, I mean, that job definitely put me out of my comfort zone. I mean, build up like, your communication skills, yeah, sales skills, because you came in bold. It was, uh, yeah, I mean, when we first started, I mean, we had to set up presentations at schools. So yep. we had to, we had a script, like, yep. you know, just, and we would, we would have call days, like during that month of training, we would call these schools and we'd set up presentate or you know, assemblies and stuff and and then i got and like you said through communication or building up communication skills it was i mean we would do presentations the size of you know there were five people and then all the way up to i think the largest that i would do was 800 900 people for 45 minutes yeah you know we talked about it um and everyone in between, and we did that for two semesters, and then, like I said, during the summer, we, I helped build social media, or helped with the social media, and then uh, that winter, so once the fall semester of 2017 was over, I still stayed in Los Angeles yep. and worked, you know, did help with social media, and then 2018 came around. I went to, uh, and, and I knew it, it was an internship, so I didn't know it was like a, or I knew it wasn't going to be a, a long-term thing or a career or whatever. Um, and I, that more solidified me wanting to do like social media and marketing and stuff yeah. like that. So I, uh, I went to, I did a year at, col at uh, college and I, my major was marketing yeah. and that was 2018. Um, so I was back in Pittsburgh and this, you know, is kind of leading into how I met or, yeah. you know, how I got involved in, uh, the, uh, financial services industry. So 2018, I was in school and I was going for marketing and, um, I just had this like gut feeling like something, like something's going to happen in yes. my life. Like something, you know, even though I didn't really know the direction or like what I wanted, but, yes. um, so I would, I would go to school and um, towards the end of 
2018. Um, <clears throat> and college, I mean, college wasn't really for me. I was never big into, like, partying or yeah. whatever. And the school that I went to was an hour north of Pittsburgh. So yeah. I had a dorm up there. And uh, I just didn't like it. I just did, it was it wasn't for me. So I would actually commute, even though I had a, I remember the dorm. Yeah. So uh, it was the fall semester of 2018, and I remember it like it was yesterday. So I had classes on Monday, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. So I would go to class, and then on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I would just stay in Pittsburgh, you know, because I didn't have class, so there was no reason for me to go up there. So, it was either, it was either a, uh, it was either a Tuesday or a Thursday, and I was back in Pittsburgh, and I was at a coffee shop, and I was sitting there, and I, like, had... I had a hoodie on, and I had, like, had my hood up, and I was, like, slouched back on my computer. Just, yep, I already you know, can tell. Like, working, working, working on my computer, working on homework. Working on the railroad. Yeah. Just like with Pat. Yeah, just like with Pat. And then, uh, um, it, my, my pap was actually in sales, too. I'm third generation in sales. He built a railroad at that time. He worked, he worked on the railroad, yeah, but also he sold cookware door-to-door. He was in sales. He sold Pamper Chef. Yeah. The, uh, what I don't know, I don't know what I don't know what he sold. Pampered I, chef. I know it was cookware, but yeah. I'll always remember what my what, mom used to do. That. My dad always says this all the time. So, my dad said if my grandfather sold one set of cookware, he would make what he would make in an entire week on the railroad. If he just sold one cook, I one, thought you got railroad bonds. I think I do. What is that? <laughs> So he would if if he sold one if he sold one set of cookware. Yep. Okay. He would make as much as he would make in a week. Awesome. Working on the railroad. He's email. Yep. Um and I emailed Katie and you know, CC'd him on the email and we set up a meeting and then you know, uh went went to the office in Wexford and that that's how I met Simon. Yep. You know, the our our agency owner. So um, you know, we always joke, you said, bring up the, the, the Wolf of Wall, or cue the Wolf of Wall Street story. It was, it was almost identical to, if you've ever seen, uh, the movie, the Wolf of Wall Street, where, uh, Jonah Hill goes up to, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio in the, in the diner and it's, and it's talking to him and like, show me a paycheck for 70 grand or whatever, you know, that you made in a month and I'll, Hell yeah. I'll quit my job and, and work for you and, it essentially went like that. As, as soon as, you know, I found out what was going on, I, I dropped out of school immediately. Hell yeah. I actually, well, I finished the semester and it wasn't, there wasn't much, you know, left of it. But um, that was November of 2018. And uh, I went in. Somebody asked, how old were you? Sam, it's, you're 23 right now. Yeah, 23. Yeah, he's 23 right now. Oh, you're alive? Yeah. I was, I was like, who? Two thousand people watching. I was like, "Who asked?" <laughs> Flipper, ah. Flipper the goat. What up, Flipper? Flipper the goat. Yep. Um. Yeah. So I, I, I went into the office. Um. I met with Simon again, and 
then he uh, introduced me to Brody. Yeah. And at the time, I I don't know if I was like so inspired or whatever by everything going on, you know, all these young people with all, like nice cars and all that stuff. I don't know what if I was like, but I, I really, I didn't know what, what we did probably for like a week or so. I had, I had the meeting with Simon and he's like, my guy Brody, he's going to take care of you. Sounds exactly like Simon would say. And uh, then as he says that, Simon's office door opens and this big bald guy comes walking in and he's wearing a suit. And I, and I thought he was, I thought that like, it didn't seem real. I thought this was like some, I got involved with like the mafia or something. Yes. So I was like, I don't, I don't know what's happening. So yeah. Brody comes in and, um, again, I really didn't know what, what the heck was going on. And, uh, I was just interning with Brody. I was kind of helping him out. And, um, I saw a bunch of young people making a lot of money and that's, yeah. you know, when I met you, um, and I was just like getting frustrated with it. I was like, "All right, here's Tristan. It, like, I just met you. You were what? You were nineteen? What was it? Or eighteen? What, what was it? Two thousand eighteen? It was the end of end of two thousand eighteen, like December. So I probably just turned nineteen. Nineteen. Yeah. Well, two thousand seven. So I was born in ninety eight. So yeah, I just turned nineteen. Yeah. So I was like getting frustrated with it because um, I was like, "What? What is going on?" And Brody, I don't know why, no matter what job I did throughout my life, I always, like, worked hard at it. Yep. Even though I was working for Brody three, four days a week, I would still show up to the office at seven in the morning yes. before anyone else and get done, like, whatever he asked yes. me to do, yeah. whether it was, like, set up, you know, yeah. an interview or start doing recruiting calls, whatever. Yeah. I was in there. But, and I would get pissed because I would get to the office and yes, you can see Sam. <laughs> who is it? Flipper the Goat is asking to see Who's Flipper the Goat? I don't know who Flipper the Goat is. This is Sam. How much so we can see Sam too? How's it going? So, uh, yeah, so Brody would text me. I'd get to the, I'd, I'd, sh I'd like, I would get to the office at 7.30 in the morning or 7. And I would get pissed because Brody would text me and be like, hey, no need to come in. There's really not anything for you to do. And I would already be at the office and yeah. I would wear a suit every day. Yeah, yeah. Like, and I would just be like, I, like, I don't, I'm already here. It's seven in the morning. I'm not, I'm not going home to go back to bed. <laughs> like what, you know, so, yeah. um, I would call for people and all these different things. And then I was like, okay, what is this? What, yeah. this, this is not, this is something that I've never seen before. A bunch yeah. of young people making a lot of money, having a lot of fun, driving nice cars. And, um, you know, I, I got more into it and it was selling insurance, yeah. you know? And, um, I just, once, uh, once I found out about it and I was just, again, it was kind of like that thing, um, at the coffee shop with Simon where I just felt, like I had to do it. Like it was just this yep. something there. Um, I went home, said to my dad, I said, I want to do this. I'm going to drop out of school. And yep. he was like, I, <laughs> he was like, I, yeah. I, you know, I figured like, you know, yep. so, uh, I went out with a couple of people out 
you know, on, on sales calls and stuff like that. And then, um, you were, you were really the first person that, you know, other than Brody and Simon, I was, cause you were 19 again and you were making a ton of money and all this stuff. And, um, I wanted to be around you. And at that time it was, you didn't have a team. What, yeah. Or you, maybe, I, I maybe had Olivia. a couple people. Did not, I would have had Olivia cause she was before you. She had started before yeah. you. Yeah. So yeah. I had just Olivia. Yeah. So I remember that. Like, I had just was, Olivia. And then I had this kid, Josh, who was really good and he ended up quitting. But so I had just Olivia. And I remember it was by that time it was like around December. Yeah. And, uh, that was the, I think the, the time where it really, I was like really blown away by it was when I helped, uh, I would call for you. And I would go on appointments with you and all this stuff. And I wasn't even a licensed agent. Like I yeah. just wanted to, I just wanted to go like yeah. and just see this stuff. So I would, I would call for you and set appointments. And I remember your biggest week I was, I would call. Yeah, you were like 70% responsible with all the fucking appointments. Yeah, I would, I would call for you. Call, door knock. And that was the week. Organize, help manage. Yeah. And, and. And we tagged. we plan yeah and that and that and we planned that week yeah. like it was yeah. very methodical so you know we went out and I saw you write almost thirty grand worth of business and that was out that was out in the field like we were driving to appointments it yeah. wasn't virtual yet it was like we were I mean we'd wake up five six a.m. because we would work out we and we always do this yeah but I think it's like way easier now for for the virtual round especially because you can reflect back to how much of a grind it was physical field and I wish yeah. we recorded it I wish we would have documented it because it's one thing to, sh- to tell people about it would be another thing to show people and be able yeah. to reflect back Maxwell does a phenomenal job of like picture lessons I wish there was more of like video mm-hmm. on it of like dude you were up beside me you know what I mean we get up we do our affirmations we say a prayer we work out then and this was all before 7am we'd be on the road by like 6 Six thirty, seven. We're already door knocking so we drive an hour you'd away you'd be driving I'd be calling yep. in the passenger seat yep. like it was at, from the second we woke up yes, to the second that time. we went to bed, it was just nonstop getting in. And houses. it was like four hours of sleep. I mean, no, no wonder we were falling asleep behind the wheel, wrecking cars. You wrecked a few times. I wrecked a few times and building off that car insurance. But it was like, well, the checks were fun, but you were just, you're just like, you're just like me. Yeah. I think the thrill for us has always been the process, like a new creative process of something that is slightly monotonous, but new. And it's like, yeah. Oh my God. I yeah. like the checks are fun, but like, this is just, this is fun. Like, yeah. kind of like, I don't know if you ever got like Legos as a kid where it's like, like, it's just like you're building something new, but it's, it's, it's not fun when it's built. It's fun. Like finding the pieces yeah. and putting it together and just sitting there for hours. Yeah. Just like, how does this go to with here and this, that, and the other. And it was such a drastic, uh, lifestyle change for me. I was in school, you know, I was three days a week. I yeah. was taking classes yeah. like, and to go from that, you know, and, and like I said, that that week was huge yeah, for me. The end of December. Yeah, where you know, I I don't I don't know of any other place where a nineteen year old yeah. or an eighteen year old can go out and make fifteen, twenty grand in a week. Yeah. And um that and then like I said, that that really inspired me and, and I was like Perkins, we would that would that's yeah. that's like our only meal we'd have. We'd eat at Perkins, yeah, we West Virginia, and we would I'd be like, all right, we're gonna sleep for thirty minutes, we're gonna eat for thirty minutes, sleep for thirty minutes, yeah. and then that's it. We're gonna go back out. And we would have like twenty, twenty five, thirty appointments on, on yeah, the schedule. It would be insane. It would be insane. And we just wouldn't stop. It'd be midnight, one AM, we'd still be in houses, like, Hey, look, I got one more, we gotta do this. 
And then January, February, but we trained, we developed. Yeah, so March was when you popped off. It. What's funny though is like people think when you're, because I I kind of got this in 2019. That 2019 was my first full year selling insurance. Yeah. And you know I had people be like, "You're, you're working too much," or yeah, like you yeah, know, you're, like why are you work like why are you working like this? Yada yada. And so he's leaving out of like how hard he worked on Christmas. He was role playing. He came in on Christmas, Christmas Eve, role playing, and then I was like, "Hey, you should give some presentations because you, you took a little trip before you officially started." And I was like, "You should, you should actually try to give some live presentations." Yeah. And he was presenting in the airport to random people. There was a Chinese yeah. dude yeah. who presented too. Yeah. Yang. I don't. Remember no, I'm just. Fine. I'm just. <laughs> so, um, but like before. about how like people are saying, you know, you're like working too much, and and what I was gonna say is. It was fun. Mm-hmm. I've never had more fun in my entire life. It doesn't feel like work. I miss those days a lot. Yeah, it, back to those days, it does. Days it, it is so much fun. Like you're, you're. Yes, you worked a fourteen-hour day or however long, but it was, it was so much fun. But yeah, so to and and again, I, I we would we would both do crazy things. Like it was, uh, um, I already had a trip planned. And it was like yeah, I already paid like, for the flight and everything. Things, yeah. Way before I even started this job. Uh, and I went to Paris for two Hell, weeks. Did you order an English one? <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I left uh, New Year's Day to go to Paris in 2019. Okay, yeah. And uh, we were calling and role playing while he, you were on your trip. You in, would call in, and in ask Italy. questions while you're in Italy. We were role playing. It was, it'd be like, Three, four in the morning in your Italy. time, and like eleven or midnight my time, and we're we're role playing. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, I would. Uh, I had a long layover in Detroit before I flew to Italy or uh, flew to Paris. Yeah. So I flew from Pittsburgh to Detroit, and then Detroit to Paris. But in Detroit, I had like a seven-hour layover, and I remember you would, because it, it it's what you did to learn yeah. the script, you know, the presentation and all that. Yes, you did. It, you did it to the T. Like there. Every single six, thing you did it to the T. Read it sixteen times. Sixteen times. And in our script was, was way bigger than what it is now, way longer. It was like sixteen, eighteen pages. And I think of all the people, John and Rob close like pretty close. But like when it comes down to like the T, like right off rip, you were the oh like you're the, to this day, you're still the only per- person that was the most coachable person I ever had, like to the T. Like I would stretch a certain way and I just did exactly what I did from Simon and you did the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. So and it was it was really fulfilling to see. Yeah. I would read it, I would read this script and it would take me forty five minutes yeah. to it's read a 10, it. Once. It was a ten or twelve page script back then. Now it's like two pages. Yeah. Ah, yeah. <laughs> so I would I would read this script uh sixteen times a day and it would take me forty to forty five minutes per mm-hmm. time to read it. Yes. Uh yes. and um then I would role play it twice. I hope after, people are getting this. After I got done reading it over and over. And while reading it, I would record myself. And then when I wasn't reading it, I would listen to it in the car or whatever. Yeah. Um, but on my way to Paris, I had like you, seven. You wake up and you're saying the script. Like, yeah. This is how much we were like indoctrinating yeah. ourselves yeah. with this. Um, I had like a seven hour layover in Detroit. And I just started going up to random people in the Detroit airport yeah. and being like, hey, I just started this new sales job. Mind if I practice? Can, yeah, can I? And I met people going to China and all these other places. And like some other people, like 
I had to like ba- like battle like real objections. Yeah. There because they thought I was actually trying to sell them it's like life insurance, and I was like, no, like I can't, <laughs> I can't, even if I wanted to, like I could, I can't right now. I just want to like say it to you. So I did it with like I don't know five six people, and I would I would do the whole presentation, and I would actually because at the end of our, our a sale back when we were in the field, we we would take a picture with our yeah. client. Yes. And I would take pictures. I was taking pictures with these people in the airport. Come on, get in. Yeah. <laughs> While holding up like the folder or whatever. Um, Very. Yeah, and and then it was just after that, 2019 was a, was a crazy year. It was it was like I said, the most fun and, and so life changing. Yeah, and and yeah. I learned so much. I mean, 2019. I felt in 2019 alone. I feel I. I feel like I've learned. I had learned more in that time frame than I did in my entire time at, at yeah. in school. Yeah. Because, and again, there's nothing. There's nothing wrong with going to college or, or anything yeah. like that. But I feel like they don't touch on the what's necessary in the real world. Yeah. Communication skills. Yeah. Knowing how to sell. Yes. Financial literacy world literacy like just just things that apply to the world yeah real applicable things. yeah and um it was yeah 2019 was a blast and then march was the first month that i really took off and said it was like 10 grand probably 15 I think yeah it was 15,000 yeah I made, I made 15,000 Tallahassee me you Olivia yeah. and that Airbnb yeah well, we we I mean it was the same grind we were on the same grind yep it was the same deal we'd wake up early grind yeah. it out um, she was like just really organized. So she was selling too. She was kind of training, developing, yeah. selling, uh, but also like kind of like that, that like a kind of like I'm not gonna say like assistant, but she just really brought so much value because she was assisting us in the sense, organizing. Yeah, because we both stuff. sucked with paperwork. She's intelligent, just just a just a like a killer, just a yeah. businesswoman. Yeah, she was like our mom for that month. Yeah, I was trying to leave that out, but yeah, she was definitely like our mom. <laughs> but we were that's how yeah. much that we were working though we didn't have just time to do our laundry yeah. we had time to do two things work and sleep that's it remember when she kicked me in the head and i punched all the door and you're like tristan no yeah. and Don't the airbnb is under, oh, God. It's, it's under my name and i got this huge, huge terrible mark, review dude. on my on my airbnb account we're playing it. around arresting and she kicked me in the head and i got angry and i was like and I still punches all the door. It was hilarious. We watch movies, and Sam would come out and like try to like crawl in the bed with us. And I was like, "Get down!" Because <laughs> I still don't even know the dude. Like when we first started, like because I'm so like even though we're, we're extroverted at the same time, I think we both can relate. I like I, I, I as much as we're extroverted, I'm an introvert as well. Like yeah. I like my alone time. I like to find that time where I find my peace, and that's for me watching movies. And and I remember when we first started, like you go to talk to me, and I'd like turn a book up. Yeah. I'd be like, "Yeah." Shut yeah. the fuck up. <laughs> don't know you. Yeah, I remember. Don't care. I learned asked, how to sell. I asked you. I was like, so, how long you been doing this? And like, and we were just driving in the car and we, you were like, we had, there was an audio book on and, uh, and I looked at you and I was like, so, how long you been doing this? And you were like, a year. And then you just started <laughs> and I was like, what? So, but it's crazy. So like in 2017, how it was myself and, and uh, another intern, we drove around the country for six months together yeah. in one car. So I got to know that person, yeah. you know, a lot. But I have spent so much time with you. Mm-hmm. Like, I, 
don't even know how. Like, Dude, yeah, in this business, you, you really. I I mean, we we literally. It, it was like. I've never spent more time with one person yeah. than yourself. Yeah, dog. Like, hell yeah. We were always together, and um, yeah, I mean, we, you know. That's the best way to do this business is just get around a good copy and just just be around them as much as you possibly can. Just do what they do, and, yeah. and you'll get what they get. Yeah. And that's and, exactly what you got. Yeah, and, and with this, with this job, I mean, it, it's a lifestyle. Yeah, it's it not. Is. It is. It's not a job, even though I said I just said it was a job. It's not. It's, yeah, it's a lifestyle. Yeah, um, and I see the people that I work with more than my my family. Yeah, but the people you work with become family. Yeah, you're you're not a friend to me. You're, yeah, your family. Yeah, too. and Brody and everyone in that office and, and it's just I, a family. Yeah. I have. This is the most. I can't even begin to describe how impactful this experience has been to yeah. me. I, yeah. Like it's, it's chaotic. It's an organized chaos because as chaotic as it is day to day, I always tell we agree on this and I think we probably came up with this. It's like the days are long but the years go fast. So fast. And it only gets faster. It only gets faster. Yeah. It only gets faster. And so, so I think of those beginning times and I think of Tallahassee, just those fun, just those country, country roads where we're out and just not knowing necessarily where we're going, getting yeah. lost and just finding prezos, just fucking around country music, yeah. and going back and forth with the audiobooks and role playing this, that, whatever, mm-hmm. and uh, eating good food. And, and I think of that back road, <laughs> you know, that back road, you're going like 60 miles per oh, hour. And I just, God. you know, you're, you get so like, almost like insane. Like, I feel like this would like, kind of like how Heath Ledger, like had to sit in that, yeah. that room forever to get insane. And I'm like, you know, it kind of makes you more insane than you already are. And I'm like, there's a bag in that. There's a grocery bag in the right seat. And he's driving, and I'm just like, hmm. And we're on this back road, and I put this grocery bag over his head, and he's just like, Aah! and then I look up. I'm like, we're gonna fucking die. So I start screaming too, and I'm like, and I, don't, I don't know why, but like I, I, I started swerving, like instead of just keeping it straight. Oh, I was like, there was a car like, coming. Reminds me of when my grandma wrecked in that that winter, uh, and that we were like seven, and she was like. We're crashing! <laughs> and fucking flipped my pap's Mercedes. So they, they were, my pap was a hard worker when, when he got us, but they'd spent so much money getting like my mom out of out of jail and, and I was getting custody. So like, yeah. even though they had leftover like nice stuff and uh, yeah, she, she she ripped that and faded apart. We flipped that Mercedes. That was back when I was like, like nine or something. My sister's young as hell in the back. She's just yelling at us, no singing! The police and ambulance are coming. No talking. Look straight. Sit still. We sat like for four hours yeah. in the winter. Like, no, like he upside sat down there, or under upside side. down. And she's like, that truck ran us off the road. Dude, <laughs> fucking back. The truck was like in its regular layer. I'm like, the hell, dude. Grandma, you're nuts, dude. But that, like, that's our, that's, that's our, our lifestyle. Life. That is our life. Like, you can't, was you, so fun. you can't, you can't make up this stuff. Yeah, that we've experienced and, and the stories that we have. That's so just one of, of so many stories. And <laughs> they just get they just get more more crazy. crazy. Like, but yeah, ni- 2019 was was the best year of my life. Um, Made six figures your first full year. You qualified for Presidents Club. Yeah, less than like five percent of people. Probably I think it's a one percent club honestly in our in our company. There's ten thousand ten thousand people. So you figure one percent hundred hundred people. You know might make it not not even on an annual basis yeah you know what i mean that's got to be like a rolling three four year 
one percent of people were qualified. You made it, and then your this is the best part. The the individual you were training mm-hmm. ended up making it. John made it the following year, right? John made it. Yes, first his first full year. He yeah yeah. So two thousand twenty, yeah. John John made it, and that that I love how that kind of that legacy you know carried on. So John, you gotta you gotta make sure you, you keep that up. Yeah. But uh, that was that was so incredible because your dad was like in his company like a president club yeah, club yeah. earner yeah. and just to be in that that club it was sweet dude and i think oh i think of what other fun and funny stuff we had just it was so so crazy we, and i mean we were and this is i mean and we we've learned so many lessons through so many lessons because like, i started to fall in love that that year would have been may when i when i kind of like fell in love with, with with my ex and yeah and uh you know i, I learned a lot a lot i think i think love uh, I think a full love of getting it and losing it is oh, yeah. is is probably the biggest lesson you kind of one of the sure. biggest lessons you kind of learn learn in life, you know. And shout out to people that that you know it's it's they don't you know what I mean. Yeah. Maybe their first love is is a forever love, but like yeah. we both you know what I mean. Because later that year would have been would have been when you started to to fall in love too. Because I yeah. was May and then September October because we went down to Florida again, or at least I know I did. So, it was. Um, it was for me. It was mid January. Okay, but then yeah, two thousand twenty. Okay, but um, yeah, and like the lessons, like so many know, lessons that we learned, and because and I remember being just even as like as crazy as we were, I thought that like how our crazy system was. I thought like if people didn't run that, they weren't going to be successful, and I just know it was kind of like black and white. There was no gray yeah. area, and for those of you that are in sales or getting into life, there's, there's got to be flexibility, mm-hmm. not like. Obviously, the system that, that we we're operating in is, is a guaranteed way to get guaranteed X amount of results. Yeah. But there's got to be flexibility for, for people's emotional stability for sure. and for what it is that they want. And I, I that's big lessons I reflect back even to this year, you know, where, where I've grown out of – I've tried my best to grow out, growing, growing into a flexible uh, perspective of leadership of just like loving and balance and long-term perspective. Of like, yeah. It don't have to happen overnight, and not everybody has to fit into the same, right. the same exact like – Extreme regimen. Yeah. Well, I think one of the things that we were really good at, because uh, like the first half of 2019, it was just pretty much you and I working mm-hmm. together. Like we that blew extreme. Up fast. Yeah. But the first six months, it was just kind of like you and I, or four or five months or whatever. And then we had we had Brinsley, so yeah. we don't share enough. We don't give, give her enough love. But so between between Brinsley and you, we built up the number one essay deal. Yeah. And your guys' loyalty, and I remember going out with her and just falling asleep behind the wheel, and she'd be like, Are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> we gotta go and But we were, we were <laughs> oh, like, even though we were running that schedule, yeah, that extreme for a full year, yeah, 2019. There were no breaks. Like, well, there were breaks, Dude. but but we had we we I think we did a very good job of we had a decent make, making it fun yeah. while working. Yeah, like we were always laughing, and then we would go on like these weekend trips. We went to Miami for my birthday. Yeah, like, that was sweet, and like that was so sweet. That. I'll never I never forget. had fun like that. Yeah, I'll never forget that weekend. It was it was my. That's favorite. when we went back down. So we yeah. went back down to work a little bit, and then we had your birthday weekend, and that was insane. We had the the Russian dude. That was insane. You got from Serbia, story. Serbian guy. So Sam books his crazy penthouse. Yeah, gets this Lambo, yours Lambo, yours, and with this penthouse, this dude's like, "Uh, you sir, you have to come in the back." You know we do this to Airbnb, but we're not doing that. Yeah, you he, give me the money. Don't get on the camera. You come up here. Don't. He's we, huge. We had to sneak. He was like a like a polar bear. We yeah, had way to, deeper woods too. We had to sneak into this high rise in Miami. He definitely pocketed all the money. They pocketed everything down there. Yeah, 
and it's this, and that's when Rob, Rob and John kind of Rob and John came so, down. They had to ride was, scooters. <laughs> <They> were, <laughs> we oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We went to the club. Yeah, so uh, we they were up in Jacksonville. So we, we drove from Tampa. <laughs> they were like, bro, we're not telling anything. We're like, shut the hell up. Long term <laughs> perspective. I remember we got in there. We I'll never forget this. So it was like a $1.5 million <laughs> penthouse that, that I rented for my birthday. And we walk in, and I'm like, looking at the door to come into into this place and this is i'll never forget rob's face never forget rob's face he walked he walked walked into this place and he was i think he just might have turned 18 or something yes but again this 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 uh selling insurance and like where where we work and and all that stuff it is such a different it's a it's such a contrast from what people are used to before they get into this job so like rob you know he i i I remember him walking into this penthouse um and his face just like lit up and he he was like speechless yeah and uh yeah i mean we we had a blast that weekend tell them that time when we were there and we walked down to go get in the lambo and they moved it tell them why yeah well remember they uh oh yeah 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 so so I rented this Lamborghini, and uh, it was I, it was the SUV because um, there was four of us. So I wanted like something that we could all drive around in. So uh, there was this parking garage to this Airbnb, and um, you know we parked in there when we were at night or whatever. And we come down. I don't know where. I think we were going to dinner that night. Yeah. And uh, we like get to the the parking garage. And I, like, the headlights are on in the car. And the two parking lot attendants get out of it. And I'm like, what, like, (laughs) what the hell are you doing? Like, why are you in, like, what are you doing? And they were like, someone was shooting last night. And I was like, what do you mean someone was shooting last night? (laughs) They were like, yeah, someone was shooting. We were checking for bullet holes. I was like in in our car specifically like they were shooting at the lamborghini or what like what was happening and they were like no no, no. like we, we there were gunshots we were looking for bullet holes in the car and, and all that and it was in a different spot too so i know yeah. that they drove that car yeah and it was uh um yeah it was it was in like a completely different spot and i mean it's like a quarter million dollar car yeah and uh I was like, like, so confused. And then we go to dinner and we park it out front. <laughs> and I mean, I couldn't really say anything, but yeah. the valet was like, all right, it's a hundred bucks. I'm like, like yeah, hundred dollars. And I mean, I know that they just jack up the price because yes. it's a nice car. So, and we walk out and it's literally right in front of the door. And I'm like, you didn't move it. <laughs> and they were leaning on it too. And I was like, no one has respect for this car. <laughs> Um, but no, we, I mean, we had a blast that weekend and we went jet skiing and, and I feel like we kind of yelled at, dude yelled at Rob with a jet ski. He was like, your friend, your friend, senor, your friend is a bitch. Yeah. (laughs) We were splashing him. We were flying. Everything was under the table. Yeah. To this day, I think, I don't know if like we were being used as drug mules for that. Did did you come to Sarasota with us ever when we went to visit Olivia and Alexis? We were trying yeah. to sell in Sarasota. Remember that? 
what the when we went? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. When we went jet skiing down there. Yeah, yeah. That and was the manatees that, in the back and shit. That was right. We were before, fishing. That was right before we went up to Tallahassee to start okay. selling. We went that we drove to Sarasota first. Yes, spent like two days there. down there, yeah. and then we went up to Tallahassee. And then February, building up to Tallahassee in March, so the flashback because his birthday was October, so. Yeah, I mean, we... Nebraska. Yeah. We get out to Nebraska. So Simon Simon tells us, hey, look, you guys are going to open an office. You, you, I was working with Simon for the last two years now. Mm-hmm. Sam just made presidents come. He had 100 grand. He's like, all right, you guys you have a decent leadership core. We're expanding. We're going to open offices. And we thought we were getting sent to Florida. Now, you know, me and Sam just... It's never it's never a matter of what we want. It, we've always just kind of said, what do you want? Yeah. And so we put it in his, hand, in his hands. We're like, all right, dope. we're about to go open up an office in Florida. And we go to Lincoln, Nebraska. So yeah. we sell everything, spend all our money. We put, we probably had like twenty grand saved up. Both of us had like twenty racks on because now we're have our expenses and all that, investing back into the business to build our teams and everything. And spend all our money, break our leases. We take Rob and John. That was hilarious. Almost fighting. We had Nick. We boxed. Yeah. I boxed Nick every yeah. morning. And uh, so we go out there. We all get a house, which was big. It was mm-hmm. fun. It was awesome. And, uh, it was a nice house. Too. It was a nice house, but the first thing <laughs> for New Year's. Oh my gosh! Where we we had a, we had a couple of drinks on, on New Year's. Rob and John are in there. We had Anthony Milheimer and uh, we yeah, left. I think I I think I like accidentally purposely like called the called the police and they come up and they tap on my boot. And I'm like I ran up, jumped in his bed. Sam sitting in the bed. And I jumped in his bed and they're like, uh, they said you called the police. I was like. Yeah, I tried to call my mom. <laughs> like, we so we we drove out to Nebraska the day after Christmas, December twenty sixth, two thousand nineteen. When we drove out to Nebraska and um and it was Lincoln, Nebraska, and we spent New Year's Eve. Uh, we got this like big suite in Omaha, and that was crazy. That was a crazy night, but yeah, it was insane. It was it was wild. It was insane. So. We get out there, we get that set up, and it was crazy. You set the up. You went out there first, though. Yeah, Brody and I. You and Brody and Katie. You guys went out there, picked out the office, mm-hmm. and uh, it was insane. We got that all set up, and then within within three months, we had everything established, had a, had a solidified core, and, and um, we, I mean. And that was we right. Lost, we lost a big play, Like, we lost a big player, you know, who. <laughs> Who was part of the deal that wasn't that wasn't like doing shit legitimately, and so all of that business ended up coming off, and that was scary because I was like, dude, my my quality the following year, and we just skated by with grace of God and Brody, just so freaking intelligent yeah. and just really good people. Yeah. Being surrounded by good people kind of yeah. helped secure that, and then you experience that loss, and that's going to transition into my story. I want to get into the the ayahuasca because that's when you know what I mean you started to experience just life lessons yeah for you sure know, life lessons for sure like we look back and it's like painful in the moment mm-hmm. but lessons in the reflection mm-hmm. so painful in the moment lessons in the reflection as that all transpired you get Nebraska popping I remember that being painful for me I'm in a long distance relationship yeah never never you know been well like nothing's ever made me emotional aside from I I mean you were there with me with with, with going through like just being in a long distance relationship and that the confusion with that and the pain with that trying to run a you, business. I think you and I are very similar in that aspect. Yeah, like, when it's it like comes there's to nothing that we're emotional about, but when we, when we love, we love yeah. hard. Yeah, we love hard. That's all. That's all it is. Like yeah, we have our friends and everything like that, but we know yeah. people come and go, life comes and goes. But uh, I think we we both kind of got hit with that, and and mine kind of went on a little longer, and, and 
you know, just just recently, I think it, I think it's been you know almost half a year now mm -hmm. for me. But with with you, uh, you ended up probably doing it a little bit better with, with just addressing your that emotional you know trauma immediately. Yeah. And finding that solution. What was ayahuasca like, and what even led you to that? Like, how did you get inspired? Yeah. And let, let, let so ayahuasca didn't happen. Me going and doing ayahuasca ayahuasca in Central America that happened in this year January yeah this year so you, you were going you went to Cali you yeah, were traveling you yeah. were meditating you were so no I, I don't what well, you could call it medit I don't know what I was doing yeah you were in a two, fucked up city. 2020 was I mean anything anything you go through like it's it's valuable there's always a lesson always. behind it and, and even though you don't see it in the moment no. um, there's there's always a reason why so uh, three things happened to me uh, in 2020 that made me feel completely lost yeah. and completely not like myself. Yeah. Got into a relationship. Uh, I moved back from Nebraska, back home. Mm -hmm. um, got out of a relationship. That's yep. number two. And then I had uh, health changes. Not yes. life-threatening, but like yeah. definitely life altering, but health yes. changes. So, um, and, and when you have your life kind of planned out and like, you think you're going to be on this path and then it completely changes. I like, I, I was completely lost. I had, I was not myself in the slightest. I was so unhappy. I was yeah. so depressed. Yeah. Like it, it was terrible. It was, I don't wish it upon anyone. Mm -hmm. And all those three things, all those three factors combined, it was that's that's what was really. And your life up to that point, like that was like you and I talked. I was like, you're, I, I admire you so much. And I remember you telling me, and I was like, what 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 has you so focused and motivated and and just so well rounded? And and you, you had a conversation with your dad. I think it was at one point. He's like, you know, there's two two reasons why people are are motivated and focused and it's that's desperation and inspiration right and for you it was the inspiration it was right. like desperation where it's like me yeah, I, I felt there was not if you read victor frankel mentor for meaning my life isn't hell compared yeah. to you know holocaust survivors people that have their families murdered and just lose it all you know what i mean there was some adversity there but there wasn't much adversity for you in in, mm -hmm. in, in some sense and so yeah. it all hit you it all yeah. it all like for hit sure. you like a yeah because it was ball. it was like my life leading up to 2020 was just like this upward like like a stock split like, yeah it was like everything was part i was like is my life ever gonna get like am i ever gonna go through some shit because it, it just kept getting better and better mm -hmm. and better um and uh yeah so i was completely lost i lost my sense of self i lost all motivation i lost like just so much and through that you know I just would do anything to kind of, I guess, numb the emotional pain. Yeah. I would, I remember there were days that I just slept all day. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to do it. I just, I didn't even want to be with my thoughts. Yeah. I would just sleep because that was the only time that my mind was not just in, in a negative state. Yeah. I just wanted to be out of it. I think that's what hurts me the most in today's day and age is that there's so many solutions and, and I guess, for, for lack of intelligence and lack of lack of words, you know, like vaccines yeah. for things. But when it comes to like mental health with with losing someone really close to me it, and 
you know, in, in a weird way, but just very close to me to, to mental health and, and then to see you experience it and not be able to like, just to, just to go through all of this leadership development and think that like, man, you know, maybe I'm, I'm an okay leader and not be able to like help is, is crushing. And then I think of all the other people that, that have lost their lives or just experiencing mental health. And what do we, what do we have? Uh, yeah. Uh, a suicide hotline? Like, right. what, like I'm talking about an extreme end, but it's like, what do we have for mental health? You know, right. and so it's like, it's so messed up in, in regard to how we, how we treat and how we're there for, for people when it comes to, when it comes to mental health. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. It was, and like I said, I would, I would do anything to, to get away from, my emotional state or just whatever, whether it was sleeping all day or I just did a ton of traveling. Like I, I was all over the country in 2020. Um, and no matter what I was doing, I it like made me feel good for a second. Yeah. Not even, yes. not even good, but yeah, better. And then it would go away and I was right back in that de- depressive state. Yep. And I was just, I was like, what, like, what is this? Like, I couldn't focus on, on work. I couldn't, uh, um, I wasn't determined whatsoever. I was sort of putting so much pressure on myself to be like back to what I was or yeah. all this other stuff. And it was just, it was, it was so painful and, uh, just trying to find and like yeah. trying to find your peace again because yeah. you had it, you knew what. It, yeah. And we create what what I love about our company is we make a lot of people a lot of money, but we've got this family culture. Yeah. And yeah. you knew and, and you couldn't you knew we were family. Yeah. But you couldn't find that family peace again mm-hmm. in the midst of that loss because like yeah. you, you were between Brody and myself yeah. and because we, now we're separated and such. And I, it, was, it was it was hard. A, it was an awkward state. It, it was, was awkward. A, it was a very awkward state and towards the end of 2020 because at that point honestly like i was so lost i was like i don't know where like, is be. this even yeah is selling life insurance yeah. even what i'm still gonna do and yeah. like all this other stuff and um i took a lot of i, I didn't work a lot in 2020 yeah. and uh and i was still depressed and it was coming it was creeping up towards the end of the year yeah and i i obviously traveling yeah. and blowing money wasn't sustainable so yeah. You came back and we we're in this big ass house and that wasn't healthy because now we're in a crowded house again because we, we moved to Chicago. We're in a crowded house again. I'm sleeping in the kitchen floor. You're sleeping in front of a fireplace where there's no privacy. And, and, there's- and, 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 and it's a, it was, it's a huge transitional period for yourself huge. as well. Yeah. So it's like when I'm, I've always in, in life and the same and in business, time, say, what you were going through the same time. That's when, that's when we lost, yeah, lost our boy. Yeah. And, and so I was, it was coming towards the end of 2020 and I was just not getting better. And, you know, my doctor suggested taking antidepressants and I remember begging you not to take them. I yeah. was so scared of them. Yeah. And I didn't want to take yeah. them. I didn't want to take them. And, um, I, I don't know how. So this actually goes back to 2017. I was in Los Angeles mm-hmm. working for that nonprofit. And um, I was out on the street in Los Angeles and we were, we were working, we were helping actually helping out with another nonprofit organization where 
you know, we would like make food for homeless people and, and give it out and stuff like that. And we were like standing by this food truck and this guy comes up to me. I don't even know how. Um, and it's funny how, how things will like later come into your life, like how everything's connected. Yeah. So I was standing there at this food truck in 2017 and this guy came up to me and we got into this conversation and um, he was like, I did, he was telling me about how he did ayahuasca. 17. 2017. 2017. Yeah. That's so that's so crazy. And I was so intrigued by it, like mm-hmm. so intrigued. And I was like, well, like how was it all of a sudden? Yeah. He's like, it changed my life completely. It, it his at the time his his wife or his girlfriend of so many years had passed away, and he really struggled with depression and all mm-hmm. that. And just like that, that yeah. that saw that helped him so much, and. You know, when I found out about it, I was always very interested in it after that, from that point on, onward. And for anyone who is listening and who doesn't know what ayahuasca is, it's a, it's a um, liquid form of, of DMT, yeah. which is the most powerful psychedelic yeah. known to man. So, um, and, and it's, DMT is a chemical that's naturally produced in our bodies. Yeah. We only get two births of it. And it's a plant. Life. And I believe the origin is Amazon, like the Amazon. Amazon, yeah. So, well, ayahuasca. So it's it's a brew. It's okay. like a, it's like a like a. a I don't want to say a tea, but it's a, it's you drink it. Yep. Um, and uh, so, ayahuasca or DMT, it's a it's a chemical that is in every living organism. They, yep. Any, it, no matter what living organism there is, uh, there's some form of DMT in it. There's a trace of DMT in it and they call it the spirit, the spirit molecule because yep. they, people believe that that chemical is what connects us to the spiritual realm. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I was always very intrigued by it and, and interested in it, but I didn't, I didn't feel like it was the right time for me to do it. Yeah. So, um, Fast forward to 2020, um, in November of 2020, um, I found this place in Costa Rica, it's called Rhythmia, and um, it's a it's a place in, in, it's a retreat in Costa Rica where you spend a week and you do four ayahuasca ceremonies, um, and I mean, in that single week, you know, and I'm sure we're yeah. going to talk a little bit more in depth about it, but in that single week, it completely changed my life and it brought me back to who I was yeah. before 2020 in, yeah. in seven days. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not making this up in seven days. This place completely changed my life. And I found it. I, I found this place. I was like doing, I was just like watching videos about it on YouTube or whatever, like ayahuasca and DMT. And this place came up in, I was again immediately drawn to this place. I was pulled towards it, kind of like how yeah. I was pulled towards yeah. talking to Simon. Um, and I knew, I just knew this place was going to help me because even watching videos about it, yeah. like on YouTube and like people like giving testimonials about it and all these things, yeah. that would make me feel better. Yeah, yeah. Like that would make me feel so much better. And it was like the last $5,000 I had to my name because yeah, yeah. I just blew every single dime yeah. that I had on, on 
random trips and yeah. expensive dinners. Soul searching. Yeah, and and it was and I spent this money, and uh, I remember telling my dad about it. I I was sitting down on the recliner and he, he like came upstairs from the basement and I was like, yeah, like I'm going to Costa Rica and he like got pissed at me. Yeah, I know. Because he just thought it was another trip yeah. with no yeah, yeah, yeah. behind it that I was just going to go spend a bunch of money and all yeah. this other stuff. And I just, like, broke down. Yeah. Like, I was just like, this like this is not what you think it is. I have to go here. Yeah. You know? And uh, I went and um, I did four ceremonies of, of ayahuasca. And um, in... Like I said, it, it completely turned my life around 100%. And um, kind of how I was talking about, like, you know, DMT, the chemical is found yeah. in every living, living organism. Um, and it's, it's DMT, is, it, again, is naturally produced in the human body. Yeah. However, in your life, there's only two times that there's a heavy uh, burst of it in the human body. Yeah. Once when you're born and once when you pass away. With the exception of doing it, yeah. like smoking DMT or, or drinking ayahuasca, yeah. those are the only. That's the only exception of having a big, you know, um, release of this chemical. And so I go down there, and it, it is the most. It's heaven on earth. It's the most beautiful place I've ever been to. Um, and yeah, I do it, and just like that. That was when you're when you're going through those trips. You know, what was the most impactful thing that you visualized and felt? You know, like I, I always, because I've done a lot of videos on it too, too kind of still anxious and scared on, on the psychedelics. It gets stuck in a yeah. continual trip. But, yeah. but like I hear a lot of like the Jaguar, like people hear Jaguars and it kind of links to like that spiritual realm of like, obviously with the, like you were saying, the Amazonian, like I don't know where they know, the Amazon where, where kind of where it or originated and yeah. everything. And it kind of links to all the people that they do, like, they like, feed their kids it out there in those fucking jungles but uh well what about you well before i get into it so and the reason why i went down again on top of that with to do ayahuasca is prior to western medicine and you know like antidepressants and all yeah. these different things and again not saying that that's bad yeah. but try prior to again western medicine and all these medical advancements and all these different things the earth provided and yeah. still does everything that humans need. Exactly. You know? I feel way much better about that than I, you know, if, and again, I, I'm not against antidepressants either. You know, my, my mom takes antidepressants, but it's like, I still, and this like, is, and this is in, and yes, we're talking about it during this podcast. Um, but check out his podcast. Yeah, He's got a two I hour, three hour, three hour. I did a three part, three hour, really in depth on it. Yeah. Um, but, and one of the things I said in that podcast is one of the things, you know, Western medicine, typically it, it focuses on treating the symptoms, but not the root cause. Yeah. While as with ayahuasca and that whole experience, and it wasn't just ayahuasca, it was all of, like the classes that we did in the integration classes yeah. and all these different this things. This was professionally done. So I, yeah. re I recommend that in my opinion. Yeah. This was, it was a very controlled environment and yeah. like, all these different things. And, um, that's, it, it got to the root of it it yeah. saw it solved the root of it like because yeah. i'm a firm believer in that you know and, and i'm sure you agree to this as well is that all like disease and anything that's you know 
physically wrong with someone or, or, or all, it, it stems from emotional trauma. Yeah. Like there's a, there's, there's a, yeah. Your Chakras and we used to listen to, I used to have, you know what I mean? The energy, yeah. the vibrations. Yeah. So this so stuff it's, that I'm still believing is the hurts. You know, yeah. There's, so. there's, um, and, and it got to the root of it in seven days. Yeah. But so to answer your question, like the, the craziest thing that I saw or whatever, I mean, you can have the most crazy, and I did, yeah, just the most wicked. crazy out of people because then they they said this when when I was down there. They said people who have had near death experiences or who have, you know, passed away and have come back to life, and uh, those people who go and do ayahuasca, those people say that it's exactly the same. Yeah, like if you die and come back to life, it's exactly what you experienced while doing ayahuasca. Yeah. So. I mean, it's different for everyone, but I didn't really, I saw a lot of crazy things, but more so what it taught me was, and what's funny in life is we already know the answer to it. Like yeah. we already, we already have all the answers and it, you know, it's, it sounds cliche, but it's true. Like, um, one of the biggest lessons that it taught me was it, uh, that there was a reason for everything and, um, the way to one of the biggest like keys to life is um, not I don't want to say this releasing control yeah you know like it, it's up it's up to the high power yeah like it, it is and, and there is even though a situation may seem difficult in the moment there's yeah. always a reason for it and um, what it did was it basically scared me so much to the point of you have to just let go. You yeah. have to let go and trust the universe Yeah, and trust the higher power, whatever you believe in that, uh, life is happening for you, not to you. Yeah. That, that, that was the number one lesson yeah. that I got from it. Um, on top of that, I mean, like, let, letting go of a, an, an immense amount of resentment Yeah. Uh, towards some people and, like... And life. Yeah, life. Yourself, and and letting go of regret and, you know, I... Exp it sounds crazy, but I, I experienced what heaven was like. I experienced what hell was like. It, that's what it felt like, yeah. you know? Um met so many incredible people from all over the world. Yeah. I went there by myself and 90% of people go to this place. They go alone. Yeah. And people from all over the world. And, uh, yeah, in, in seven days, it completely changed my life and I've never been happier. I mean, before you went down there, because we, we had connected a little bit and, uh, you fell in love with, uh, the 48th law and it's, it's, uh, from 48 laws of power. Yeah. And, uh, you know, maybe touch on before we kind of wrap up and bring, bring, bring up to present, present date and share a few things. Uh, yeah. The 48th law and it, it's being in that fluid state. Yeah. And what does yeah. that, what does that mean to you? What, cause you really held on to that. Yeah. We went and got, we went and got tattoos. So what, what, what is that? Uh, what does that mean to you? Cause you really held on to that. It's, it, it's interesting that you brought that up and it's crazy because that, and that's the biggest lesson that I learned 
through doing ayahuasca. Um, letting go, move through it. Yeah, letting go and just letting life be. And 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 you've said this. It, life is a dance. Yeah. It is a dance, and you gotta you gotta enjoy. Like, it's just better if you enjoy it. Just dance you know, with it. yeah, yeah. like sales. Yeah, exactly. And um, it was December. It was right around this time last year. We had just moved to, to this office in Chicago. Yeah. And I was in again a terrible mental state. And yep. I would just, instead of working, I would just sit in a corner and just read. Yeah. That and was I, the only thing that kept you from being in those horrible thoughts. Yes, reading and, yeah, and sleeping. Yep. And I uh, started reading the book, 48 Laws of Power. And I went uh, I went through that book like crazy, underwrite. And it's Ikigai. And it is... Uh... So it's four things, and Landon Campbell, he shared it with me from in their 20s. Yeah. And uh, so it's this Japanese philosophy, and there's, there's, and I'll show you the picture, I'm going to share it with you too. And there's there's four bubbles, mm -hmm. and they're built around passion, mission, vocation, and profession. Okay. What do you love? What the world needs? What you can be paid for? Mm -hmm. What you are good at? Mm -hmm. And then the center is your ikigai. Mm -hmm. So operating in what do you love? Yeah operating in what the world needs mm -hmm. selflessness operating in what you can be paid for selfishness mm -hmm. and what are you good at again kind of corresponds back into but it's it's this it's finding self yeah. and, I, and i and i think and i want to share two great things that i got got from that maxwell event is as for some reason he always lines it up where, where somebody comes and talks about i love how he does with the mental health and psychology and um i forget the gentleman's name specifically but but he had asked and he was talking about Victor Frankl, mm -hmm. and uh, and he was saying, when you reflect on the horrible things that you've went through, if you could think about the worst thing that you ever experienced, would you believe it? And I'm asking you, it's mm -hmm. an opening the question. Would you believe the worst thing that you've went through? Absolutely not. And so when he's, I don't know if he's a, if he does therapy for individuals, but he, that this is a question that he asks individuals yeah. that are going through very hard things or, or struggling with death and loss and just horrible things in life. It's like, if you wouldn't delete it, why are you spending that emotion and energy on it? Because it's who you are. Yeah. It's a part of you. Yeah. And, you know, finding, finding meaning in yourself. And I'm trying to find it in, in my notes. Um, but it was, it was so good. And I was like, why don't we change our perspectives more often of, of asking questions like that? Of like, mm -hmm. If I wouldn't delete the worst thing that I've went through, because it's a piece of me, it's a part of me, help yeah. form who I am now, why am I spending energy on it? And I thought that yeah. was fire. Yeah, that was so good. yeah, absolutely. And it, you know, um, I think if you would, if someone would have asked me that question in the present, like when I was experiencing that, I, I would, I would have said yes, one hundred percent. Yes, but I, I. I believe it's vital for people to understand that yes, whatever you may be going through in life, it may be extremely difficult and, you know, excruciating, but, uh, you know, right after the lowest lows are the highest highs and yes. everything again is, is meant to better you. So in the moment, if I would have been asked that question, I would have said, yes, delete this, get, yes. get me back to who I am. But yes. looking back, that 
and I feel like people say this pretty often, you know, it turns out the worst thing, that, the most difficult thing that you've experienced in life turns out to be the best thing. Yes. So um, it's important, I believe, to have that patience and long-term perspective and like, hey, this is where you're going through, even though you can't see it right now, you may not see it in a couple months, you may not see it in a couple years, but you're going you're gonna to see why you went through it. Yes. So I, I think it was Donald Miller. And, and he, he did, he opened up with, with psychology and just, just like the mental state. And he said, sometimes we're looking out of our minds like a theater mm-hmm. and the cameras are our eyes and nothing is happening and you're bored and you're not happy. And it's called a narrative void mm-hmm. because there's nothing going on in your life mm-hmm. and you're visualizing it through, through your cameras. And it's almost like you're empty mm-hmm. in here. And there's mm-hmm. nothing going on mm-hmm. and you find this, it's, it's this narrative void and he called it an existential, and so Viktor Frankl calls it an existential vacuum. And I'm not, not this month, so I had to look up existential, and it's like external. Mm-hmm. So it's like you're, 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 you're living this life, and you, you feel yourself living it, mm-hmm. but externally, you feel as if you're not living it. Mm-hmm. Like, you're, like you're imprisoned. Yeah. Like the worst prison isn't a physical prison. It's the prison of the mind, yeah. of your heart and soul. And he said there's dangerous seasons, and he said... We've just finished living our cultural scripts would be a season. So we just, like you just concluded a cultural script. Mm-hmm. So like that, that's, this is a key reason that, that they've pieced together psychologically in regard to why do people fall into states of depression and narrative voids and, and emptiness. The next would be, we've just finished living a story, but haven't gotten a new story started. Mm. So story's ended, but what's the next story? Yeah. And then the third was, we are living a story that does not involve our family or people we are responsible to do life with. So either you're finished living a cultural script. So there's a lot of, I think there's, there's, if you look at the suicide rate, especially with COVID and the pandemic and really locking people up, which just, they don't have access to, right. to good people like, like you and I, and just, or, or even the mental, not even a lack of capacity, but, but of, of like just the scenes of knowing that like we were already on vibrations and, yeah. and certain things where we could yeah. do videos and research and certain things like that. But like th- these, these, and it's not the parents' fault, but it's it's almost like the the media and this agenda of like you gotta be rich and you gotta go live yeah. on your own and you gotta yeah. be here and you yeah. gotta look like this and talk like that and yeah. you need this. And it's like mm-hmm. I love the formlessness in the fortieth mm-hmm. law because you need nothing. Mm-hmm. You need and, and and I think I was trying to express that at certain times I've gotten like a grasp and you know haven't been the best to, at, at conveying it, but it's like I feel like you truly have everything when you have acceptance of nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, I feel like everything comes around. It's like, if I was really stripped down to nothing, mm-hmm. you know, I, I would, I would find myself in a state of, do I abandon or do I appreciate that I still have something which would just be the control of myself? Yeah. And he goes into saying, what do we do to start filling this void? What we do is we start filling this void with bad things. Yeah. So what if we let fate take the wheel and we are mm-hmm. actually much more in control of our experience than we, than we previously believed. Mm-hmm. And he said, fate is a terrible writer. So he said, how to get narrative traction. And it'll, it'll wrap up here, but it says, when you get interested in a story, mm-hmm. is when you get narrative traction. So and he, he explained it so beautifully. He was talking about movies. He's like, anytime you get intrigued with a movie, it's not when everything's going well for the hero. Mm-hmm. It's when the hero's getting like destroyed. Yeah, when everything's you know what I mean? Going everything's wrong. going wrong. The, someone's dying, someone's 
breaking out, mm-hmm. something's lost, something happens in the story that makes you wonder, how is this thing going to turn out? Yeah. That's what we got so obsessed yeah. with insurance because yeah. we don't know what the hell is going on. Yeah. We're faced with challenge after exactly. challenge. We don't know how it's going to turn out. Yeah. And he said, you lose narrative traction in your life when you let someone else write or influence your story. Mm-hmm. But that's so key if anybody listens this far deep. And, and, and it's so true. And it says, he said next, what if life isn't meaningless, but what you have done with life is meaningless? What if life isn't meaningless, but what you have done with life is meaningless? And then he gave a few steps on how to experience a deep sense of meaning in life. Mm-hmm. Number one, a vision for a better future. Number two, an interest in the world outside of ourselves. Number three, a willingness to engage conflict. Three is so powerful. Mm-hmm. Engaging in your conflict. Mm-hmm. And then this is where he came up with the favorite movie, Ask Yourself, is the hero having a good time? No, he's getting faced with challenge right. after challenge after challenge. Only way to make a good movie is to throw challenge after challenge at the hero. And then here's where he said, if you could delete the hardest memory from your life, would you? Mm-hmm. Most say no. Why? Because it means you got something from it. Yeah. It means you got something from it. So yeah. Get outside of yourself. That's beautiful. So I thought that was that was fire. Yeah. Absolutely. And this is And then he ended with this is the this is the best part. What does this make possible? Start asking yourself in every situation, what does this make possible? When someone dies, what does this make possible? When 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 you go through separation, what does this make possible? When, when you're experiencing something horrible and you have to take a new journey. Yeah. And you have to reroute, adjust, and adapt, and dance. Yeah. What does this make possible? Every, I forget where I heard this, but, and again, this might sound cliche as well, but every an end to one thing is just merely the beginning of the next thing. Yes. And it's just this yes. constant, like, you know, end of something. And that that's what makes life so incredible is, you know, what's going to be born tomorrow. What, yes. what is going to come from this opportunity? What is going to come from doing this or, or whatever it is? Yeah. That's, yeah. So we, we bring it up to today, and in my opinion, I feel like you're kind of like day one, Sam, that I knew, but even better. Mm-hmm. Because now you're equipped with more lessons from life than you ever have been. And, uh, you know, it's, it's dope. It's, yeah. dope to, it's dope to see you. Because you know, fruit, fruitfulness and fullness in life isn't is is measured by by one thing, and I truly believe by truly one thing only. That's that's not perishable, and it's 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 a measure of of a man or woman's heart. Mm-hmm. You know, fullness will always be within mm-hmm. before it's without. Mm-hmm. You know, and so your your fullness, because we, I, everybody's seen very successful individuals have a smile, mm-hmm. and the next day be on the news for. They're no longer here because they weren't happy. Yeah. Right. So I see that fullness and I feel that fullness in you. And obviously only you can, only you can really tell, but you know, you just had that, that trip and you know, I think of the dope, dope trips you, you, you had, but your favorite, I don't know what it would be. One of my favorites was, was watching you go on that, that was it, where'd you just go? Iceland recently? I was just in Iceland in June and I just got back from Italy. I like the ice the more. Italy, I love it. You called me. I was like, yeah. dude, I haven't heard from you in a couple of days. You lie. Like, well, I fell into Venetian. Where, where the hell did you I fall? I fell into the canal in Venice. <laughs> yeah, I was kayaking. I fell into the canal. Did it smell in that water? People tell me that water smells. I mean, it wasn't It wasn't like, I wouldn't like choose to go swimming in it. Yeah. it was that like, dolphins in it? No, not at all. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a lagoon. Like it was. Uh, but, um, what was your favorite trip? 
wrap up here. My favorite trip, Costa Rica, for sure. Okay. Outside well, of that, yeah. Venice was beautiful. Venice, Venice was the most beautiful. I like that. I eat those the that ice hot tub and shit in Iceland. Like ice, the Blue Lagoon. Yeah, wherever you're at. The- Iceland is. Uh, Where's the place with the the white monkeys in the in the hot water? That I don't, that's not Iceland. Where is it? You know what I'm talking about? Have you ever like, seen the picture I of think, the... Like Southeast Asia, maybe? Dude. But one of the coolest that one of the coolest things I've ever seen in my life uh was a volcano <laughs> erupting in Iceland. That was uh I went on like this long hike and there's uh, recently a couple months ago a yeah. volcano started erupting and like those are the moments that I live for, like the moments where it's just like you're just like in awe and like yeah. you know, and, and I remember hiking like climbing up this huge like big hill and yeah it was like after two hours of walking out in the middle of nowhere and i just see this mountain just imagine this like huge waterfall but it's lava yeah it's it's glowing red and that was one of the coolest things i've seen but um while traveling but yeah yeah it's you know like i said like you said it's um life is you know the most important thing in someone's life is uh how full their heart is and like i've i've never been happier i've never been more full i've never been more excited about the future and it's just it's good to it's it's cool to be here it's cool to be in this room and talking about it and you know, talking with you about it. Yes. So I'm putting it in my group too, just the cool things that we did. Yeah. And I'm, I'm thinking here, and I don't know if it makes sense. And as we're talking, I'm like, you know, we hear some cliche sayings and this could be a cliche one that we could use. And I feel like life, you know, truly isn't what happens to you, but what you happen to life. Mm. You know, like it, mm-hmm. it's not what happens to you. It's not that big payday. And it's not that, that, that big day of, of depression of, you know, when you lose someone or you lose something, it's, it's what are you happening to life? Yeah. What are, what, are, what is your response within we can control? Yeah. And being formless to the things we can't control. And that's where the dancing comes into place because when it's your time to tango, it's controlling what can you control. But life's going to dance right back. Yeah. And that's when you have to let go and let life yeah. control you. Yeah. One of the coolest things I've, I've ever heard, and I, I hope I get it right, but the saying that uh you know so like i said i forget who said this but they said we're not humans we're not human beings having a spiritual experience we're spiritual beings having a human experience and like that's the like every every day i'm so excited and like you you feel it like you feel the energy you feel like in in every day we're we're getting to experience these just moments of like wow this is you know it it feels like honestly like my life has been a dream a dream like like a yeah it's a movie it's like and i'm not like i'm just that's and what people need to realize is everyone's life is a movie. If, exactly. you're, if you're out there and, 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 you know, maybe you're thinking, well, I really, Sam, you know, I, I never had any adversity and now I'm going through some, reach out. You know what I mean? Yeah. I know in a heartbeat, you know, despite us being busy, 
you know, both of us are taking the time of the day. I know he's talked to a lot of, a lot of people reached out, you know, in regard to his ayahuasca experience. And, you know, a lot of people just kind of, they just, they, what, what we assume is based off of these beautiful lives we all present on social media, mm-hmm. that there aren't demons just lurking around in every single one of us. And that's a lie. I got them. You got them. Don't be ashamed to reach out because it, yeah. it doesn't happen on your own. Anybody that thinks that, Absolutely. you know, internal success even and, and external success happens on your own. Yeah. You know, I'm not trying to be mean to you, but let, let that's ego. Let it go. You yeah. need to reach out, you know, and, and be vulnerable and open to people because there's mm-hmm. no way you're going to navigate through this crazy thing and go like, yeah, with, without being, being friends yeah. with somebody, finding somebody and uh, putting the time in to develop that common ground and grow with somebody. Yeah. Which is, which is huge. Yeah. And one thing I wanted to add is, and kind of tying to back how like you know we're in insurance and we're like yeah in, in, in this business when i first started here i thought it was just about selling insurance and making a lot of money yeah initially yeah but the lessons that i've learned and the experiences that i've gained and the people that i've met and the relationships that i've built have built over these past couple years have and have been so valuable and life-changing like making a lot of money or making decent money is just a very small byproduct of what you're actually going to get through working at or or working at an organization like ours yeah like it's it's crazy the amount of stuff that i've gained from this and i've been able like the opportunity to be able to help others as well you know um so as we wrap up because we got dinner yeah we love to eat and we, we've spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on food absolutely yeah where's your favorite place to eat and that's our that, we, that, that you like and us. i have been to or just in general in general i want to say you're gonna say like some nobu in cali or something you know what mine's an apple prime so i mean you you and i love steak the best probably the best food restaurant i've ever had uh is at a restaurant in the palms uh in las vegas it's a steak restaurant i oh, yeah, i'm trying to think i'm before. trying to think of the name of it um something like like steak 88 or something i don't know but it was the it was the best steak i've ever had in my entire life and it wasn't wagyu it was yeah just i know like a, a I know, filet just, or yeah. something but it was it was incredible um napa prime yeah. always good never fails and then i always like nobu and then the last thing before before we really wrap up is i still ask but uh you know with you i kind of know is your favorite movie still bronx tale or is something else worked up you got the top three maybe it's easier for me to ask a lot of people movie lovers like me uh no favorite movie still to this day is bronx tale i'm italian and it's an Italian. I, I like mob movies, Italian mob yeah. movies. Um, but also, uh, Robert De Niro plays in that movie. Um, Looks a lot like his dad. I, I di- like identical yeah. to my father. How, yeah. how my father looks. Um, yeah, I, and you know, I, I love that movie. That's one of my favorites. But yeah. So, as as uh, we wrap up, this is this will probably go down. In, in history, you know, as, as I hope as this podcast grows, as you know, my favorite episode ever. You know what I mean? Because you've brought so much value outside of the business, just to my life as yeah. a, as a friend, as a brother, you know, and even even beyond that. And uh, 
You know, I think the only person that could compete is when I when I when I get to do a podcast with Joe Rogan. But but uh, thirty, hopefully before he dies, you know, it may take twenty years or yeah. whatever. But you know, also if, if you guys are interested, financial services industry, so, so Sam's in that as well. You can find him on Instagram at yeah. Sam Marzula. Mm-hmm. Is there two, it's two M's or is it just one, one M? M? Sam Marzula. So S A M. A-R-Z-U-L-A, and then you can reach out for, for financial advice, life advice, life, life whatever. advice, whatever you guys you guys need. Anything else you want yeah. to shout out? or? I mean, we we covered a lot. You know, the books is, you want to recommend for people? Cordialos Power. Cordialos Power, um, obviously. Yeah, and that, that one I definitely recommend. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, closing it out, Thank you to yeah. you, you know, yeah. for everything. Um, you know, like you said, what, what was the saying? The days are long, but so the years long. go fast. Years go fast. Yeah, this, I, I, I'm so excited for the future. Yeah. And, um, you know, like I said, thank you to you and thank you to Brody and Simon and yeah. every, like everyone involved. Everybody. Like this is just, we love everybody. you know, yeah. Yeah. His family. yeah. Brody, like, we, our, we, like our grandpa Brody. Yeah. We don't. Brody doesn't get get enough credit. No, Brody he's so is quiet. Yeah, quiet, loving asshole. What he is? He's a, he is he is probably up there with one of the best leaders I've ever had in my life. Like I, I could tear up right now. And yeah, I cry about shit. Yeah, just thinking about how fucking great and how humble and passionate he is. Right up there with, with yeah. Simon for me. And, and you can see it in the results, in the relationships. Yeah. Like, you know, if I had to start all over and there's nobody in this world, I, I would want to start over. Yeah. You know, uh, then, then to be with Brody. Yeah. Brody He's uh, one of the best individuals he I've was, ever met. Yeah. yeah. In my entire life. So, and yeah. he, he's got, he got that down where, where I didn't have like the, the like... <laughs> Hard, oh, the heart part down and he's not an emotional dude he's I don't just, know how he does he's it he's just this patient I've never seen him yeah. yell he's never yelled at me many times could have just snapped and you know obviously we've both been really good hard workers yeah and, and just coachable and everything but I've never never like unless somebody like, even then like he's just like a just a patient awesome you know and, and, and Katie as well Katie yeah Katie, shout out to you and, and Brinsley mm-hmm. Just a lot of great people. We could spend all day. Just we got so many fucking great people. Yeah. So yeah, uh, that's it. We wrapped up with my favorite episode. Two and a half hours. We wrapped up with my favorite episode. Two and a half hours. It looks like so. Well, that felt like two fucking minutes. Yeah. 